0: Candidly addressing why he's teaching on giving, here is Pastor Ed Taylor. Are you
1: pressing the giving because you need more money? No, no. You know, I've shared with you we've been here almost nine years and God has never failed to meet one need in this church. Ever, never, ever, never, never, ever. And we're gonna continue to see that, but you know, It took faith for for us to take steps years ago, and it's going to continue to take faith. God entrusts more ministry to us. You know why? Because the reward for faithfulness in ministry, right, is more ministry. This is amazing
0: grace. is always involved when it comes to biblical giving, but not like it's typically presented. Welcome to another Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Trust you had a great 4th of July weekend. We're in the middle of a list of gifts found in Romans chapter 12. And last time we began to look at the gift of giving. We'll hear more about this important gift in a second, but first a reminder of what will last and thus where we ought to invest. Here's Pastor Ed
1: earth isn't going to last. It's not going to be eternal. There's going to be a new heavens, a new earth. You lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, you're going to lose them. And then the alternative is spiritually, in the lives. And you know, there are only two eternal things on the earth today. The souls of men and the word of God. That's it. And you know, you ever wonder, Ed, why why would we have our, as our vision for the church evangelism if we had to just nail it down just to one word, evangelism? Well, because the souls of men and women are eternal. And that's where our heart is to see, well, maybe even some of you, you come into a church service and perhaps you're expecting a very routine ritualistic service just to come through and have, say, I've gone to church but here, not only will you be able to gather with the saints here in this building and in this place and this time and then go through some songs like most churches do in town and teach the Bible like most churches do in town. And it seems to be very similar, but I'll tell you, when you come into a godly group of believers, whether it's here or somewhere else, God wants to grab your heart. He doesn't just want to impart some little tidbits of information to you so you can know a little bit more about the gift of giving. As a matter of fact, these Bible studies that we've been doing on these gifts are for believers. They're just to help believers understand what your gifts are so that if you're not a believer here, I hope you feel left out. He's not even talking to me. Like, I don't have that gift. Is God going to give that to me? If you're not a believer, no. You can't have any of the gifts. None of them. They're not yours. You can't have them. You can't even claim to have them. You can't walk around and go, well, I believe in God, you know, I've, always, I've never always been to church. And are you a real, are you a true believer, a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, not really. And then you can say, well, I have the gift of giving. No, you don't. You might be a good person that gives, but you don't have God's gift of giving. Well, I've always had that gift where I could teach. If you're not a believer, you don't have the spiritual gift of teaching. You might be good as a teacher. You might have been trained really well and the kids really dig you, but it's not from God. He's just showed his mercy upon you every day you wake up so that you might come into a place like this, hear a Bible study, maybe feel left out, maybe be challenged, perhaps hear that, well, you know, the root of it is is that sin has really messed you up. That's the root of it. That's why you're an outsider because you haven't dealt with your sin by the blood of Jesus Christ like most everyone else has, myself included. Someone came to me and looked me in the eye and said, Ed, I know what your problem is. I see all the issues in your life, but I know what your problem is. Really? Tell me. And he said, yeah, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I said, yeah, you need to really get out of my face. (laughs) I don't need Jesus. You know what? He was right. And I was wrong. It took me a few weeks to come to that conclusion. It took me a few weeks to recognize that I was wrong. Because that's the stumbling block for many people. The stumbling block for many people is not admitting that you're wrong, that you're guilty. It couldn't be you. But see, the Bible says it's all of us have been wrong. All of us have sinned against a holy and a righteous God. All of us are in need of forgiveness, and God has provided only one source, and that's his son, Jesus Christ, who came to live for you, to die for you, and he rose again the third day so that by faith, Something beautiful happens in the spiritual realm. God, he transacts spiritual business with your heart. As you place your faith in Jesus Christ, turning from sin, the Bible says in that instant, you're born again. New life. We may need to come alongside of you and teach you and disciple you. That's the Bible word for that. Help you understand what new life in Jesus Christ is all about. But in that instant, your faith is genuine in Jesus. You will be saved. You see, God... When we talk about the gift of giving, God is the giver. We're really the receivers of everything. Because even when we give back unto the Lord through the ministry here, or a radio ministry, or some godly ministry that you really feel passionate about and you support in addition to your tithes and offerings, you, you give unto the Lord, even that is still... You're able to give. I'm able to give because of what we've received. You see, the person with the gift of giving takes Jesus seriously, takes God seriously. And notice what he says here in verse 8. He says, if you give, the way to give with this gift is liberally or with liberality. The idea is with single-mindedness, open-heartedness, and generosity says, so you have this gift of giving, then do it without holding back. Don't even measure, just obey. And over and over again, the church of Jesus Christ has been and continues to be blessed abundantly with those who exercise the gift of giving. So many times I've seen it happen myself, just watching it unfold, just remember, if you want to the context of Calvary Chapel Aurora, if you want to paint a picture, especially those of you that just joined us recently, if you want to paint a picture in your mind, just understand that this fellowship family began with zero. Zero in finances, zero in people. And what I mean by that is that there was a time when this church, this gathering, did not exist. It wasn't here. And then when they do gather, when we did gather together, and, and that ministry, those folks, that, those precious folks that were coming on Saturday night, they were handed over to my stewardship and my oversight and the leadership that God's entrusted to me. That Saturday night, Calvary Chapel Aurora had zero, which meant that what? We needed to trust in the Lord for a little bit, right? Is that what we trust in the Lord for, just a little bit? Maybe half, 50%? What do we trust in the Lord for? Everything. I mean everything. Just as God would have you to trust. And so, the fuel of the ministry as prayer and commitment and people God gathers, all that we enjoy as a ministry, it blows my mind. It is hard to even comprehend. It is more than an accountant's paperwork could possibly contain. Of the faithfulness of God in this church. Numbers don't even measure it. And you know, I can look back, I can see my own family's resources the same way. I can look at them the same way. I could look at the blessing of God and the faithfulness of God at every phase of our life when Marie and I had nothing and when we have more than nothing. (laughs) Haven't you all been there? Been had nothing, man. I mean, those were the hard days and the tough days, but they were also the days of prayer. They were the days of seeking the Lord. They were the days when you're just like, oh God, we need, give us this day our daily bread. And you're just crying out to the Lord and he comes through like you wouldn't believe. And now you got a little bit more. You got a lot more. And the crazy days of prayer have disappeared. And the diligent days of dependence are no longer with us. You know, we really need to guard against that in our church. As God is faithful here in the ministry, we always need to be looking to taking steps of faith to give God a chance to work in our lives again so we could trust Him some more. Crazy trust. Absolute, out-of-this-world, mind-blowing trust. For some of you, giving is that's what's going to require. You're going to have to learn and come back to trusting the Lord. I always caution. You might think, Ed... We don't hear giving a lot around here, so is there a problem? Do you have a, is there, we have a problem in the church? Are you pressing the giving because you need more money? No. No. You know, I've shared with you we've been here almost nine years and God has never failed to meet one need in this church. Ever, never, ever, never, never, ever. Amen to that. You're right. And we're going to continue to see that. But you know... It took faith for for us to take steps years ago, and it's going to continue to take faith forward as God entrusts more ministry to us. You know why? Because the the reward for faithfulness in ministry, right, is more ministry. So you're found faithful with the little you've been given. What does Jesus do but give you more? You know, I can barely handle what I got. God will give you the strength to handle what he gives you because he sees faithfulness in you. So this gift of giving... The church is blessed. You'll see it. I've seen it happen where the leadership, there'll just be something on their hearts. God will lay something on our hearts as a leadership team. Or even me as a pastor, I just burden to see things happen for our community. And invariably, God will bring someone along with the gift of giving that helps make it happen. Just together. In his timing. In his way. So that he gets all the glory amazing stuff. So, flip over to Mark's gospel. How did this look in the life of Jesus? You know, Jesus was and still is a giver, and we are the receivers. The entirety of the ministry of Jesus' life, the Son of God, taking on a human body, coming down to earth, living, dying, and resurrecting is God-giving. For God so loved the world that he gave. He's a giver, right? And so Jesus comes, and he says in Mark chapter 10, notice verse 42, Jesus called them to himself and said to them, this is Mark ten forty two. You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, but, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And, and we sometimes look, overlook this because this is a servanthood verse. It really is. Mark 10, 45 is a foundational servanthood verse. But sometimes we overlook, it says, not only did he come to serve, but also to give. Because Jesus is a giver to the end of his life and beyond. Listen to this, just jot it down. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you, through his poverty, might become rich. That is the beauty of giving. Jesus was and still is a giver. Flip over to Luke now, chapter 8. How do we see this in the early church? This is a real gift, easy gift to see. It's a real easy gift to see among the brethren. It's a real easy gift to see in Jesus' life. It's a real easy gift to see in the Bible because giving is virtually in every heart and every saint And notice here in Luke chapter 8, it says that Jesus himself was surrounded by givers. Wow, this is so cool. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. But notice Luke chapter 8, verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women, you might just, just take note of that, certain women, There were just certain women that were a blessing to the ministry of Jesus. They'd been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, of whom had come seven demons. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's servant. Susanna and many others, notice, who provided for him from their substance. Jesus was surrounded by women as well as men. But here, godly women are highlighted, certain godly women. That gave to Jesus out of their substance. Imagine that. Just selling out, serving alongside Jesus. They served practically. Mary and Martha are a good example of that, but they also gave of their substance. Let me just pause here because, you know, as a pastor, I could tell when there's a certain amount of tension in the room, and I sense there's a little bit of tension in the room. And you know what? I'm glad. The tension comes from those of you that don't give. Or you haven't given in a long time. And you're like either, Ed, can you just get through with this? Or you're starting to argue with me. Like you turned me off about five minutes ago and you're just going to argue with me. And so what I like to do in those times is I say, you know what? If you can justify your decision to not give, email me. Let's talk about it. Show me in the scriptures. Show me anywhere in the Bible that says, you know what? I want everyone to give but you. It's okay for everyone to give sacrificially, but at you, I've made an exception. Because there's no need to have tension here unless you're battling the truths of God's Word. Notice what I'm not saying. I'm not saying how much. I don't have the ushers going down asking for your W 2s to find out how much you make. I'm not asking you to write a check. Come on, everybody, take your checks out right now. Notice what I'm not doing. What I'm not doing is, as a man, trying to manipulate you. Oh, you could feel real good when you leave the room today. If you can just give tonight, feel real good about yourself. No, 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 not at all. You may still leave not feeling real good at all. And you know, you have to allow the Lord to do business in your heart. Because you're really missing out on the beauty of giving unto the Lord. But at the same time, think about it this way. What does the church miss out on when the world gets all your resources? I don't know if you've ever looked at it that way. The world gets to use the resources that have been trusted to the church. And then the church struggles. Or the church goes through issues where we have to wait or we can't do that or we can't help or we don't have, that, we don't have the available resources. And, and could it be that just because there are people in the body of Christ that don't give? I would say yes. It's something that the Lord really dealt with my heart early on as a believer. Just thinking that the church didn't need me or I don't need to give or I can control that part and I would always, you know, I have purpose in my heart that I don't want to give. Okay, okay, what else have you purposed in your heart? What else have I purposed in my heart contrary to the word of God? The Bible says you delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart, right? (laughs) It's like we take that apart, we take that verse in Corinthians and we say, oh no, no, I'm going to make all my purposes. Well, you might, but if If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, he's going to bless that area where you become a vessel. And some of you just have the gift of giving where, like in your heart right now, you're saying, preach it, brother. Preach it. Yeah. Yes. Because I think giving is such a wonderful thing that God has given to us. Especially for my personal life who, you know, I live my whole life taking, not giving. That's all I ever did. I would just take and take and take and take advantage of people and hurt people and just satisfy myself. And it was a radical change for my life when I learned how much God had given to me. It melted my heart. I was compelled by love now to give unto him. Flip over to Acts chapter 16. We have one more example, and then we'll get into some of the hazards, and then I'm going to give you some practical tips on giving. We do have some exciting things coming up as a church that are going to require a faithfulness in our congregation, some neat, neat stuff that in the next few weeks we'll be able to share with you, just some awesome steps that God has laid before us. But we recognize that unless God's already providing, then we, don't, we, we want to make sure that he is and, and then lay before you the awesome opportunities that are before us as a church. It's just going to be so cool to see ministry grow and expand. Think about it this way. I don't remember how long ago it was, but the Lord put on my heart many, many years ago to go and broadcast one of our services live on the radio. We could do it on CD anytime, but we want to do it live. Then it's like interacting, like they're in here, you know, on tomorrow's second service. If you, if you guys recall, we're broadcasting this service, second service, live to Denver from 11 to 12. And, and you get to interact with them. They get to listen to the announcements, wherever we are, the baby dedication, wherever we are, the city gets to come in with us. And, and that's a chunk of change from the radio station because they have a business, and they run it like a business, and so there's a need to transact business with the radio station. They don't do that for free. All the stuff that's on the radio, we pay for as a church, as an outreach. So just in relation to money, I hope you're not uncomfortable talking about this stuff. I kind of am, but you got to hear this from my perspective, because it's kind of cool. So we go, on the, we go on live in the radio, and it's a chunk of change, right? And we don't hear anything for months. We don't know if anybody's listening. We don't, we don't know. We don't hear anything until a couple of weeks ago when I must have said something just at the end of the service, like, you know, if you want to get saved, call us or something. I don't remember what I said. I still probably... So the phone started ringing downstairs during the service, and there was a couple guys down there, like, the phone's ringing, and they said, well, let's answer it. (laughs) And so they answered it. It was two people. One got saved that day, and the other was just kind of put back on the right track, kind of rededicated their life that day. And so when you think of it in terms of souls how many souls are necessary for an investment like that to matter is one person getting saved is that enough i would say so i'd like to see many more but just to step out and say you know what we took this crazy step we know what it costs but we don't care we're gonna do it we think it's from the lord the board agrees the leadership agrees let's do it and then we do it and then it's silent and that's when the enemy starts to start throwing things right Oh, what'd you do that for? What a waste of money. What a waste of time. Listen, anything done for the Lord is not wasted. Just get that right now. It is not wasted. Even if we never got that phone call, we know that God's word does not return void. And we know people are listening to that live broadcast behind prison doors. That's their church service. We know it. We know that people are listening to that live broadcast in convalescent homes. That's their church service. We know that people are sitting around the kitchen table. We know that people are just spinning through the dial and some dumb thing I said or I just, you know, just whatever it was, like, oh, I wonder what, oh, I wonder what this is all about. And God will use his word. But we happen to live in a society. And you live in the same society, right? That if you walk into a store and you want to take a pair of pants out of that store, somebody's going to ask you for money, right? You just can't walk out. They're going to tackle you. You can't take a pants, you know? They're going to take you back in and they're going to write you up and they might even call the cops on you. You know, in every area of life, we understand that. And we're very wise. Like we go and we know if we're going to go to get a dinner, we're going to exchange money for that food. We know that if we're going to go get clothes, we're going to exchange money for that, those clothes. We know that in life, money has become a tool to conduct business in life. But what is it in believers that think it's different for the church. That I can receive freely from the church it doesn't require anything from me. It doesn't require my finances. It doesn't require my talents, my gifts. But you don't live that way in the world. And so those of you that might be struggling that way, I challenge you to seek the Lord and, and find out what's the deal in your heart. What's happening? Do you know if We wouldn't do this, but other churches, they hire professionals to come in for building campaigns and stuff. They have professional companies come in that actually get a cut of everything that gets raised on top of that just to try to teach people how to give. We don't need no professional company. We just need God's word. (laughs) We don't need anybody to come in and teach us that kind of stuff. We know. We don't need the, the things of the world to do that. We just need to obey the Lord. Pastor Ed
0: Taylor giving us the bottom line, no pun intended, and this is Abounding Grace. We're in the midst of a study in Romans. If you'd like to hear it again, go to AboundingGraceRadio.com, then look under Quick Links. We also offer the program by podcast. Another way to listen to Pastor Ed's teachings is through our mobile apps. Do a search for Calvary Aurora, and you'll be able to download both our church app and the Grace FM Colorado app. Thanks for your support of Abounding Grace. It does make a difference. Your donation today will help us present God's Word over the radio tomorrow. We're consistently receiving wonderful reports from listeners of how God is using the Word to help them grow by God's abounding grace. You're helping to make that possible. And when you support this ministry today with a gift of $25 or more, we'd like to send you Pastor Chuck Smith's book, Love, The More Excellent Way. We say and sing that love makes the world go round, that love is the answer, and that all you need is love. But what is love? And if it's so popular, why does it seem so hard to find? Allow Pastor Chuck to lead you to the answers in love, the more excellent way. Please call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's eight seven seven three zero grace If you just like to make a donation and aren't interested in the resource, just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Whether you're out of town, on vacation, sick and not feeling well, or you're under a stay-at-home order, you can always join us for services online at Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora. Those service times are Saturdays at 6 p.m., Sunday mornings at 8.45 and 10.45. And we offer a midweek service, too, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We live stream at calvaryco.church. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but come back next time when we'll resume Pastor Ed Taylor's study of Romans on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace.